Hello, hello, guys, and welcome back to a new episode of Sunday's Overtake. That was a wrap on the Canadian Grand Prix. That was quite a cool race. That was quite an exciting, interesting race, I thought, compared to what we had two weeks ago. And what a podium to end with. So Verstappen won, obviously. I mean, nobody was expecting anything less. Again, feels as like same time every single race, same winner. So Verstappen first... Alonso on Aston Martin came second and Lewis Hamilton on Mercedes came third just in front of the two Ferraris so Leclerc in fourth, Sainz in fifth which we'll talk about it I think was a quite a good race for Ferrari compared to two weeks ago then Perez on the other Red Bull six Alex Albon on Williams seven I mean what a race from Albon Ocon eight, Stroll nine and then Bottas finished with the last point on 10th place after Lando Norris's penalty. So that's the final positions. Let's go back to like that podium. I mean, we had like 11 titles combined. And I thought, you know, what a great podium to have. Like, obviously, Max represented this new generation. He's still so young. I think sometimes we forget how young Max is because he's winning so much already. And next to him, Alonso. This, this guy's like 41 years old. Last time he won the championship was 20 six <laughs> like almost like in three years it'd be like 20 years ago and then obviously Lewis in, in the middle it kind of represents quite a good spectrum of the past 15 to 20 years in f1 it's just a podium as an f1 fan that like, you want to see you'd like to see and i really hoped alonso could like challenge max the victory but it's getting closer i think for once it felt yes the red bull and max dominated but they were challenged a little bit and if we go back to the start of the weekend, probably, you know, qualifying on Saturday was under the rain. So that kind of always mixes it up a little bit. It kind of shakes up things and you never know what to really expect. And I think the biggest surprise, is if we come to it before we go back to Max winning, is, is obviously Alex Albon. I mean, he technically made the fastest lap on Saturday, even though he started only 10. They just got at William the strategy so right. That's the good thing about, you know, when you have a race in the wet, it's always these mid-grid teams that kind of get all of a sudden at the front. And there was also Nico Hülkenberg on Haas before he got a grit penalty you know the smaller team get mixed with the bigger team and then you also see the bigger team get it completely wrong if for example we go to ferrari that missed the saturday completely leclerc starting 10 and carlos Sainz starting 11 which is a bit of a shame because obviously it's a track that's supposed to suit the ferrari car but a really good great race by alex albon no wonder he was a voted driver of the day he finished seventh from starting from 10 he gave it a really great fight. He's only done a one-stop strategy compared to most other people that were on a two-stop strategy. And to hold back, you know, guys like Ocon, Bottas, these guys have experience. These guys know how to win. And I was really happy for Williams because you always must think like these teams that like barely score points, it must be hard to go all season round and just fight 15 or 16. It's nice for the people that work in the team, people back at the factory to get that kind of like races. And really, really, like, huge congrats. He did a really amazing weekend overall. If we go back to Max and Red Bull, Max victory brings Red Bull their 100 win since 25 when they first joined F1. 
that's a quite a big milestone, especially it goes with Max's 41st victory, which put him equal with Edward Senna. We could always argue, you know, nowadays there's so many more races in the calendar. But, you know, I think it's always like putting things back into perspective. Like, yes, you get much more chances, but still need to go out and win them. You know, yes, like 10 years ago, there might have been like 14 races and now it's like 24. Even if it gives you more chances, you still need to get out there and win them and... He was again on his own. He led the race from the first lap to the last one. He never left the lead. That can tell you something. He's been dominating all this year. Can tell now we're probably going for another Max Verstappen year. And I get the feeling he's going to get challenged probably by Alonso and Lewis. If you look back, whereas it's Aston Martin, Mercedes, Ferrari, they have made progress. They're catching up on Red Bull. Don't get me wrong, they're still quite far, but they are catching up. If we look at this second Red Bull, Sergio Perez, he started 12. He was nowhere near the Ferrari, so he finished in six right behind the two Ferraris. I was thinking he's probably going to finish fourth. He has a good chance of finishing fourth, but he was nowhere near the Ferrari in his last run. He finished, I think, 10 seconds behind Carlos Sainz. So that just gives you an idea that top three teams are catching up Red Bull. They're coming back at it, and I think... It's giving us a really interesting fight because obviously Max is dominating in the front and he's on his own. But at least we get a bit of a fight and race behind him. But I feel it's also a good sign for the rest of the season. Alonso is only 11 points behind Perez in the championship right now. Lewis is catching up on Perez as well. So I think these guys are going to challenge. I think it's, it must be really hard for Perez now. Since the start of the season, we're saying it's probably going to be between him and Max. And it just seems in the past few races, Max is so ahead. Perez is not there. He, he's not challenging him in any way. Race by race, unfortunately, it does seem it's going to get harder for him because it must play on his confidence to see Max so far ahead, much faster dominating this much and you can see yes like Sergio had issues he was starting from the back I mean come on he was nowhere near the Ferraris in the end so that tells you more about Perez's real situation right now if we move to Ferrari I mean good race guys good race I can say that it started pretty crap the weekend started pretty crap on Saturday I was like honestly again the same bullshit the same errors but they came a long way back i'm not gonna lie when the safety car came out and everybody went to change their tires and the ferraris and perez were the only ones that left out especially that ferrari were on the medium tires i was like no no please no like why why do you guys not split your strategy you know like carlos and charles were in the same pack And I was like, split, make one stop and leave another one out. But why are you sticking both of your cars to the same strategy while everybody else is doing the opposite? And knowing Ferrari's history with strategies, I was like, this is the wrong call. (laughs) That tells you how little confidence I have in my own team. But it turns out to be a good call. No, honestly, good strategy. I was quite surprised about. I mean, they always do this weird stuff when it comes to strategy. I don't know if you know it, but if you hear the Ferrari crew, whenever there's radio messages that are broadcasted, they're always like so confused. You always see them be like, box, box. No, stay out, stay out. And you're like, honestly, just get your shit together, man. Like, (laughs) I think they gave it everything they could today. Good drive from Charles, good drive from Carlos. I didn't really understand all the team orders and stuff around Carlos not attacking Charles, but in the end it worked out. To be fair, I I, I was thinking Perez is going to get them so fast because he was on the medium fastest style while they were on the hard in the last part of the race, but they had a decent pace, which is a really good sign. Austria is going to be a different layout in two weeks time, which doesn't really suit the Ferraris. It's a good result, taking into account where they started, but they had the pace for much more 
I'm happy we didn't fuck it up by ourselves. Let's let's say that for once. Ferrari, good strategy, guys. You got it. Once a year, they're gonna come up with something good. But let's give that to them. Let's give that to them. In terms of the championship, Carlos goes ahead of Russell after Russell abandoned, and Ferrari takes back some points to Mercedes and Aston Martin. Just a really, really few points, but that's still good to get. Let's see what happens next race. Never getting too excited with this team. I'm telling you. Finally, I wanted just to touch out on all penalties. Obviously, on Saturday with the rain, there was a lot of like driver being on the way of others during qualifying, getting penalties. We touched base on like the Ferrari of Carlos, the Haas. But I was quite impressed how in the race, really minimal penalties were given. There was two unsafe releases if we look at when the safety car came out. If we count Hamilton and Alonso and then Lando Norris. And surprisingly, no penalties. I mean, I'm not against it because I always thought when a driver get a time penalty for an unsafe release, I found it quite harsh because... The driver has nothing to do with it. The driver is in his box. He sees the green light once the mechanics have finished their work and he just goes. It's nothing in his hands, but he's the one who gets penalized. So I always thought that's quite unfair. You know, why are you not just penalizing the team? Why are you not just giving them like a fine? It is kind of also penalizing the team because then if the driver drops back, the team gain less points. But I still always find it harsh. I mean, you know, why don't you just find the team or... I mean, it is quite a hard one to judge, but I was quite surprised about the non-penalties given out on the race compared to how the stewards are, especially lately, I feel like in the past few years, there's always been a lot of penalties and things like that. And then Lando Norris got a really weird one. So he got a five second time penalty for slowing down under the safety car. So he backed the pack so McLaren could double stack on their pit stop. But I found it funny the way the FIA published it. They were like, oh, Lando Norris giving a penalty for unsportsman behavior. That was the first time I've seen this in a race. I was looking at it and I was like, what the hell? What does that even mean? Why don't you just say, oh, penalty for driving too slow under the safety car, which is technically what it is. And it's usually what they call it. But this time they call it unsportsman behavior. Like the FIA always comes up with weird stuff. Canada always offers a good race. The track, the weather always mix up with it. So that always gives us an exciting weekend. Next race is in two weeks time in Austria. So Red Bull's home race. Are they going to go for another win? 101? Probably yes, I'd say. Unless something happens, you never know. Especially it's a sprint weekend next race so we're gonna have points in the sprint on a saturday and then points also given out in the race on the sunday so that's going to be an interesting one let's see if mercedes and aston are closer to red bull let's see if they can finish at least within five seconds of max if max wins i think it's going to be an interesting one and we'll debrief together again that's it for me for today see you soon